0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We're studying the, the love of God for this purpose. Understanding that God loves you and how much He loves you and how He loves you is very necessary for you to understand how to love yourself, how to love others, and how to love the world. Amen? Amen. It's, a, it's a love balance is what you need to have in your life. Because if any of those are out of balance, it, it'll exhaust you. It, it, emotions will kick in. All kinds of things will happen. But one of the greatest studies of your life, one of the greatest discoveries of your life, is to discover how much God loves you. And what that means That that's not just an emotion that he has when he's up in heaven. But it literally is the manifestation of his personality towards you. Because God is not a God that has chosen to love us instead of hate us. God is a God of love. He cannot help himself but love us because he is a a God of love. Amen. Amen. It's it's part of who he is. You'll find out if you study God what he is, he is truth. And He is love. And if you want to understand how that relates one to another, you can understand truth like this. When God speaks, He is not choosing not to lie. Now think about that for a moment. He's not sitting there thinking, well, I have a choice to tell the truth or I have a choice to tell the lie, but I'm always God, so I always tell the truth. Well, that would lower God down to human standards. Amen. No, God is truth which means he doesn't say things like we do. Thank God he doesn't. Amen. Amen. He has the dial on the confession thing turned all the way up where he has what he says immediately when he says it. When he says, when he says let there be, be let's. So I've always used the, the time illustration because you can relate to that. So it's, it's January 2022. So if God walks in and stands in the back of the church and declares, it's not 2022, it's 1956. the year I was born. So that's the first one came in my mind. Amen. <laughs> Did you know the entire universe would revert for a moment back to 1956 and remain there? Until he changed, his, until he cha- then all of a sudden, time would begin to progress from there. And here we would sit in a church and walk outside. It'd be 1956. He said, well, that's impossible. No, it's not. That's, God is truth. Now think about that into the dimension of truth. And now flip it over to love. Amen. He has decided... In His eternal judgment, how He counsels Himself after the counsel of His own will, He has made the decision that part of what He is and who He is is this thing called love. Which in humanity has gotten all twisted and turned around and messed up because of the fallen nature of humanity. But God's love still remains pure. That's why the best thing you can love anybody with is the love of God say, so what do you mean by love your, love, your, love your wife, love your husband, love your children, uh, love your neighbors, love your dog? Amen? Yeah. I mean, everything that you love, you take that same type and you reflect that out to the people that are around you. Like God has reflected upon you through his son, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, this scripture, let's go to the scripture real quick. Ephesians chapter 2 again. There, uh, verse 4. We'll teach here a little bit tonight. Is that all right? You like good teaching? Bible said in the end times they wouldn't endure sound teaching. Thank God you can endure it. Amen. Uh, verse four, Ephesians uh, says, uh, Ephesians chapter two, excuse me, verse four. But God, everybody say, but God, but God who is rich in His mercy. For His great love wherein He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places In Christ Jesus. Now, if we go into the next verse, I mean, it just gets bigger and bolder from there because he says in the next verse that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now, he's giving you an eternal promise of value and purpose. Did you get that? He didn't say you're not just going to walk around like heaven's livestock. Now you listen to some Christian teaching and that's what you, I'm going to be go to heaven. I'm just going to be heaven's livestock walking around. I guess it's God's trophies of something that he did. That's not true at all. Because everything God creates has value and purpose. So here's your promise in which he says, yeah, this whole thing's going to come to end. It's going to be wrapped up and folded up like a cloth and put on the shelf. But that doesn't mean I'm through with you. That gives you What? Eternal value. Oh, glory to God. Eternal value and eternal purpose. And if you can ever, for one second of your life, get a glimpse of that eternal value and eternal purpose, and then come down here and live on this earth in that eternal value and that eternal purpose, you'll be more than a conqueror in everything you do. How does that work? His great love. His great love wherein He loved us through His sacrifice of His Son created a transfer of everything that was wrong with us where it was wrong with us. Now let me say that again. You say, I wish you to fix my mind. I wish you to fix my flesh. Thank God He fixed it where it needed to be fixed. And because He fixed it there, the others will end up eventually totally fixed like the inside is. Ooh, man, glory to God. Let me read it. I like it in the Amplified. But God, so rich is he in his mercy, because, now listen, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful intense love with which he loved us. Can you see God up in heaven, walking around going, I, 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 love, I love them so much. I love them so much. Oh, they're so lost. Oh, they're so undone. I can't even visit them. I, can't even, I got one little spot down there in the Middle East. I can come in there every once in a while and manifest my presence and power to a few. But oh, I love the world. I love the whole world. I love the Gulf Coast of Texas all across America. I love them over in Ireland and England. I love them down in Nicaragua and Mexico. I love the whole world. I, I want to love the whole See, that's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. Then he sent his son Jesus. You, You know why? It satisfied. When he sent his son Jesus, he sent him by faith. And that satisfied the longing to love the earth in Christ. Listen, when Jesus was born in that manger, that's why I keep going back to that. When the, when, the, when the wise men, when they saw the star, they rejoiced. When they saw the star, they didn't have to see that it came. They just saw the star. They saw a sign it was coming. That's what I'm praying over you and over everybody I know and everybody I come in contact with. The star for Jesus is shining right now. And when we see the star, that's when we need to begin to respond to what the star means. You say, What does that mean? Jesus is coming back very quickly, He's coming back very quickly. And when he gave his son Jesus and he looked at the earth and where were we? We were dead in our sins, and our trespasses. And he, and he looked down through the, through the corridor of time, up and down through time to see if anybody in any way could come up with a solution to this separation from God problem. And there was no answer, no answer. So he made a way where there seemed to be no way. And as he looked up and down the corridors of time, he saw that that one act of love That one act of love, that one act of love would change the whole flow of everything downstream from it. Woo, glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. Now, how about another scripture? I wanted to take it to another level. Can you go go to the next level with this? Amen. Amen. I mean, I kind of like the faith-to-faith, glory-to-glory stuff. That doesn't mean you need some new, great, deep revelation. Everybody, ooh, not, no, no. Sometimes you just go back to the simplest, easiest scriptures in the Bible, in the Word of God, and there it is right there. So go to John chapter 3. That's what I've got on my glasses. I've got these little bitty notes down here and these little bitty things I want to read. Because sometimes we read John chapter 3, or we just quote John three sixteen, and we don't really bask in the reality of this glorious event in which Jesus himself revealed this connection with God in the earth and how man could partake in that. They had no, he still, I guarantee you when Nicodemus, when you walk, to, walk into heaven and find Nicodemus and you start talking to him, ask him, ask him, ask him, say, did you understand everything after Jesus talked to you about being born again? Did you understand? And you go, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. How about on that day of Pentecost when you made that, 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 that confession of faith and got filled with hope because I knew what he was talking about then. Amen. I knew what he was talking about then. Amen. So John, Gospel of John chapter 3. Chapter 3. Now let me read reading the King James so I can familiarize you with it because you all know this. Chapter 3 of the Gospel of John verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Now notice what he said to him. He said to him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man could do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So right here we see a mindset of Nicodemus in which he is willing to accept the fact this guy is some special prophet come from God, Maybe like Elijah or or somebody like that. Amen. So he uses the term, uh, "No man can do this except God be with him." He didn't realize he's talking to God. Amen. He didn't realize he's talking to God. And so he, he is interesting. He says, "Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see, understand, or comprehend the kingdom of God." So it's kind of like. He asked this question, and all of a sudden, Jesus says, no, you don't have to be born. You you don't even know what you're talking about. You need to be born again. So all of a sudden, we begin to see this, this intellectual resistance. Notice, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot, be, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you. Now notice again, ye must be born again. Now notice, then he uses this illustration. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest it not, uh, hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone, now notice this, that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, now notice this, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Do you get that? How can these, Jesus is revealing the great spiritual truths of redemption. And everything that, that God had used to bring from the old covenant right to where Jesus was standing upon the earth, there stands Nicodemus, a trained Pharisee. And Jesus is saying, this is, this is what it's all about. You're going to have to be born again. I'm not talking about your, your, your physical birth. I'm talking about a new birth. You must be born again. Are you, You're not going to have a clue. You've asked a question. I cannot give you the answer to until you're born into it. Amen. You're going to have to be born into this. Not educated into it. Not brought into it because you're a Jew or an Israeli. You're going to have to get born into this. And if you don't get born into this, you're not going to understand who I am or the way I do things. The kingdom of God. If you're not not born into it, you will not understand who I am nor the way I do things. That's what the kingdom is. Now notice this. This, is, this gets so good. How can these things be? Now Jesus answered and said, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? It's revealed in the word. He just didn't have it. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, we speak, we speak that we do know, and testify we have se- what we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? I wrote next to that. Wow. Amen. Amen. He's not the ultimate philosopher. Philosophy is based in the soul. It's ministered out through psychology which has happened to a lot of preachers and they've tried to mix it with the word it doesn't mix it doesn't mix I mean if you listen to what Jesus is saying now I mean you know I know we're born again we've got the Holy Ghost we've got revelation knowledge but listen his ignorance and spiritual separation from God our spiritual death did not stop Jesus from continually bombarding him with the reality of the word oh man I mean, when you begin to realize that, you begin to realize how value, valuable this word is. It says, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that cometh down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now hold on. Let me read that again. Now notice. If I have told you of earthly things, if I say earthly things, see you've got to get this in context, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that cameth down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now listen to me. He is proclaiming a dual existence. He is proclaiming a dual existence, present on earth and present in heaven. He is showing us that really one of the keys, the bedrock keys of the kingdom is to understand now that you're born again, you are present in two places. He said, man, I can't wait till I get to heaven. Honey, you're already there. You're risen with Him and seated with Him in heavenly places. Well, that's just words. No, it's not. It is the love of the Father and His desire to bring you close to Him. And He can't get you that close right now. So what He does is He takes His own spirit and puts it on the inside of you so that you will have an eternal connection that cannot be broken by anything. That he sends information down through that connection. And he sends blessing and protection and revelation knowledge. And he sends purpose and planning and all kinds of good things. And the problem is a lot of people receive this glorious gift and spend half their life trying to disconnect from it. Through doubt and unbelief. Well, my grandma believed that, but she died. Well, (laughs) duh. Come on, church. We're we're fixing to get somewhere. You're fixing to to see why we didn't pray for you at the beginning. We wanted to wait till the end. So you can can receive. Amen? He said, yeah. He said, I'm the son of man in heaven. Now notice, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now here he goes. Boom. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Why are those the two most important verses of the Bible? Because wrapped up in them is the love of God to a fallen race that could do nothing about its own condition except be totally dependent upon the love of the Creator that created them. Now listen to me. I can't speak, I don't know about all the people that's lived in all the times upon this earth in the last 6,000 years. I really don't know. I've studied the Old Testament. I understand the Old Covenant. But I don't know why there wasn't some way in which God would go around the world and reach people in the, under that Old Covenant. But there wasn't. Man was lost, undone, without God. And then all of a sudden this light shined, brighter than the noonday sun. And Jesus was born. And the whole spiritual paradigm of the earth changed. But the system remained upon the earth. In resistance to the light that came, the darkness grew. That light was so, be- so bright at the beginning that the devil fought for centuries and shut it down for centuries. The dark ages and man suffered unbelievable, unbelievable things during the dark ages. Not only man tormenting and destroying himself, but the plagues. And, and the and the and the uh, natural disasters were off the charts, darkness, 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 and the religion that was uh, what was on the earth. It wasn't Christianity. It was just a religion. It was a government. It's what it is. A government. It's still a government today has a has a headquarters. Has a has a capital city. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, amen. And that's all that was there. And then one man dared to read the gathered volume of scripture called the New Testament, that we call the New Testament, and thought, you know, that's not true. That's not true. We don't live by that or that. No, the just shall live by faith. And that one thought, can you believe that? That one thought, the just shall live by faith. And the, and the, and the faith that it put in Luther's spirit to where when he said it, And posted it. The just shall live by faith. That little bit of light exploded around the world. And now we have what we have today. And I don't care what you say. Every church of every denomination that stands on every piece of ground on planet earth is a testimony to that one spark of light that happened. And you look how it began to roll down through the ages. Next thing you know, you got things taking place over in Europe, here in the United States, miracles. Pastor Mark Brzee was talking about miracles that happened for, a, for a, a, a George Washington at Valley Forge, a major, a major visitation from God that caused him to become the leader that he was outpourings of the Spirit that went across the ocean into the Welch Revival over into the English Revival all these different revivals that took place and then came back here into the United States and came to the place in 1907 the great outpouring of the Holy Ghost notice the advancement of technology with the advancement of light there's no creativity in in, in the devil it's in God now let me, let me wind this. i still got ten minutes. Are you liking this? It's helping you? Amen. God loves you. Amen. Everybody say, God loves me. God loves For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth Him in should not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, Amen. but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he that hath not believed in the name of, because of he that hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Now, let me read this real quick. I wanted to get over here to this. Because there's some notes here and things I think would help you to hear. Amen. Humor me just a moment. Now let's go back to, to verse one. Because we've read it in the King James. This is in my Passion Bible, but I, I think you need to hear this would bless you. Verse 1, now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus who was part of a sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. One night he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to me. Listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they first must experience a rebirth. Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It is impossible for a man to go back into the womb the second time and be reborn. Jesus answered, I speak in eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. For the natural realm can only give birth only give birth to things that are natural. But the spirit realm gives birth to supernatural life. You should not be abased by my statement. For you all must be born from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You cannot hear it, you cannot hear its sound, but you don't, but you don't know, you can hear it sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are spirit born. Then Nicodemus replied, but I don't understand what you mean. How does this happen? Jesus answered, Nicodemus, you are, the respect, you are a respected teacher in Israel, and yet you don't understand this revelation. I speak eternal truths about things I know, things I've seen and experienced, and still you don't accept what I reveal. If you are unable to understand and believe what I told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? No one has risen into the heavenly realm except the Son of Man who exists in heaven. And just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of the snake on a pole for all the people to see and be healed. So the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up so that those who truly believe in Him, notice that, those that truly believe in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Then here's how He states it. For this is how, God, this is how much God loved the world. He gave His one and only unique gift, His only unique Son as a gift. Now, everyone who believes in Him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send His Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its Savior and to rescue it. Now, referring back up when He says, you know, the wind listeth or bloweth, you know, you can't tell where it's coming from, where it's going. Notice this this commentary. The wind, the breath, and the spirit are moved by mysterious moods in their own wonderful ways. When you feel their touch and hear their voices, you know they are real, but you don't understand how they flow and move over the earth. In this same mysterious way, so is the way of everyone who is born of the spirit are born of his breath are born of spirit wind. Now, he's saying here something very unique. He's saying, in the natural, my natural illustration to you, Nicodemus, is this. You can stand out in an open field and the wind can be blowing from the south. And when it turns and goes to the north, you perceive the the change. Because you feel that wind upon your flesh. There is a sense in you that gives you information that the wind is blowing and you can respond to how it's blowing. Amen. Amen. You say, do people respond to how the wind blows? Sure they do. Bible says over in the book of Acts that the south wind blew softly. They thought, well, that's a good time to sail. They ended up in a storm because there was another wind blowing and a man called the Apostle Paul that says, no, no, no. The south wind may be blowing softly right now, but the spirit wind is telling me we shouldn't go out in that ocean. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe him until it was almost too late. Thank God God saved their lives. Amen. So God is showing us, listen, when you get born again, you step into this dimension of life where this wind is blowing. Sometimes it blows hard. You ever had God really deal with you about something? Sometimes it doesn't blow, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Mm. Amen. You step outside and say, well, there's no wind. Well, there is really wind. It's just not moving. That might help somebody if you just listen to that for a minute. Amen. Now, notice this. Then he, then he talks about this, this two places at one time. It says, while he was on the earth, Jesus was also in heaven in the spirit realm. Being in two places at the same time is also privilege given, is also a privilege given to every believer. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm and living in our earthly life to please him. Now, can you imagine that? When God looks at Jesus, you're in that reflection. His eyes pick up the light coming from Christ. You're in that light. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come on, church. Yes. And He sees you in Him, washed by the blood, healed by the stripes on His back, yeah. prosperous because He took your poverty. Everything that God says about you in Christ, when God the Father looks at you, Hallelujah. He sees everything the Word says about you in Christ. So when you come begging and crying and doing all that kind of stuff, especially with your confession, well, God, I just don't know what we're going to do. And Jesus, being your high priest, can only present your words to the Father. And he says, what are they saying? Yeah, they say they ain't never going to build that church. They talk about revival all the time. We don't see nothing going on down there. You see what I'm saying? I mean there's churches ten times bigger, things ten times bigger, this but here's the deal. They're standing over here in the earthly wind. And only reporting what they see with their eyes and feel with their flesh. But because of Christ, we're standing in another place where the wind's blowing. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Where the wind is blowing, and there's not a lot of us standing. I remember I, I could go back to, uh, 10, 15, 20, especially 20 and 30 years ago and show you there were multitudes of people standing in that place. They're not there anymore. They're just not there anymore. There are those all over the earth. There are those that are there. But now, what God's doing, He's trying to wake up these so He can get these. So He's doing everything He can do to, res- to show us here's my love, here's my compassion. Here's my mercy. Okay, you messed up. Okay, let's fix it. Amen. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin, from all unrighteousness. You can be healed from anything that's ever happened on the planet. Right. You can be healed and made whole. Amen. You just have to want it. That's all, you, you just have to want that. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. Now, let me close with this. Everything, word, I've got it written over here. Yeah. Everything that God has done for us is a gift, which means the true expression of love. Uh, there was a book written a while back, good book. Well, I think we read it. Lee and I read it together about love languages. Amen. And they just made giving one of the quote love languages. But I'm going to tell you, giving is the love language. Because you can talk about all those other love languages, but if you don't have giving in that, it ain't going to happen. Because true love demands giving. Agape love demands giving. Amen. So when we begin to realize that that true agape love that we've gotten a taste of, Woo. you say, what do you mean? We're saved. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we've tasted of some powers. I don't think we've tasted of the powers of the world to come yet, but we are. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you know, I don't know how many some of y'all came to prayer and, and listened to how they teach and preach up at WOC. It sounds a whole lot like us. And if you heard them, heard us things we say you think those people are crazy I mean they're talking about God, God touching people legs growing out hands growing out uh, diseases being healed great manifestations of the life and power of God well, that's, that's crazy well man I tell you what when crazy people call other people crazy what does that make them We've always been like that. We've always talked about, thank God for what we have. Thank God for what we've taken. Oh, we've seen some wonderful things down in the altars and in the lives of people, some wonderful miracles, some wonderful manifestations of the power of God. Oh, but I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. You say, why? Because we're discovering some of the greater boundaries of the love of God, and we're seeing how much God loves us. You say, why? Because He gave. I wrote this down. Actually, I wrote this down years ago teaching on redemption. Redemption came through the act of giving. God gave his word, the promise, Genesis 3.15. God gave his blessing, Abraham. God gave his His structure, Israel. God gave his access, the high, high priest. Then God gave Jesus. Then after God gave Jesus, God gave his nature. God gave his life. And God gave us his position in Christ. If that doesn't thrill you, heal you, bless you, deliver you, set you free and help you understand that you are a absolute treasure to your heavenly father. He loves you. He He knows what you've gone through. That's not even relevant to him. He looks down and he sees you through the compassion of that which he has done for us through his son. You know, as I studied the word over the years, formally and informal, I've I've developed seven Bible school courses, taught in Bible schools all over the world, helped start some. I begin to understand God's done everything he can do. I don't find in the Bible a God that has withheld anything. I don't, I don't preach a God that sits up, to, up in heaven with a big load of stuff that he hadn't let go of yet. He just kind of holding it for some time or some people. Or I don't believe that. I believe God is a good God. And I believe down through time, especially if you study the moves of God in the 1907, down through the uh, beginning of this, this new millennium, you'll see there were people that prayed and obeyed and believed God, stood in faith, and started out in total obscurity. Sometimes for uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they just, they just kept at it. God's going to move. God's going to, we're going to pray. We're going to intercede. We're going to give. Just handfuls of people. I've heard Brother Hagen talk about the little office they used to have over in, over in Tulsa. There was an office that was owned by Teal Osborne, And they'd have these little gatherings. And these people would prophesy these moves of God, outpourings of the Holy Ghost. 20 years later, they were in the Tulsa Convention Center with 35,000 people. You say, why? Because that little spark, that word took off. And God looked at it and said, there it is right there. He's just looking for people to respond to him and in every area of your life. I why, you know, we made the statement on Sunday. I just, it was so, I don't know if you know how inspired it was by the Holy Ghost. I'll try and over the weeks communicate that to you. But God said to us, don't try to fit God into your life. Don't do that. Now, Now is not the time to try to fit God into your life. You have to fit into His life. I guess they might have got away with that years ago. We can't do that now. We can listen. I'll close with this. I have some friends, some people that I have been ministering to. Some of them for many years. Some of them have gotten saved, but they don't come to church. They don't live for God. I've ministered to some of them. God's answered some prayers, done some miracles in their lives. But I'm going to go to them in the next few months. And I'm going to sit them down. And I'm going to say to them. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. I mean, these are people I never asked to come to the church. I'm going to say, you need to come to Island Church. You need to come now. You need to start coming to every service. You need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to give. You need to learn how to submit your life. I've got got people in my life. I've got a list of them. I'm going to go to them. And I'm going to say this. Then I'm going to say this. The reason I'm saying this to you is one day you'll either stand with me on one side or you'll stand on another side of a great divide. And that will be the judgment of God. And I don't want you screaming at me. I, you didn't tell me, Rusty. You didn't tell me, Rusty, is going to be like this. You didn't tell me it's going to be like this. Because I'll tell you one thing. Your reputation, your, 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 your embarrassment level, that should all be thrown away your family, your friends, everyone you know, now is the time to ring the bell and sound the alarm. And it's not to cry out and say, look at all this stuff. It's to say, I'm telling you, man, if you can't tell by what's going on, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how much God loves you. He loves me. He loves you so much. He sent me to you today to tell you this. And to exhort you, now is the time to serve God. Now is the time. And, and I literally, I, I say strong things to people sometimes when I engage them in conversation. I probably say strong things when I teach. Amen. But I'll tell them, I, I've told them before, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that God will haunt you with my words. Amen. That when you go to bed at night, those words will be in your mind. Don't you think if, if the devil can do that, don't you think God can do that for people? that you will not be able to get rid of these words that I'm telling you. That as time progresses, you'll know that that choice has to be made right now. Right now. I am not going to stand on the other side from that line from you and have you accuse me. I'm telling you the truth right now. You say, you really think it's that serious? Huh. My God. It absolutely is. We are in the perilous times as talked about. And it is time. Listen, I'm convinced. I, I, I sat around for several years thinking, well, we'll just pray this thing. You know, once you pray, it's time to get up and obey. I heard T.L. Osborne say this. I don't know why I'm rambling like this, but it's good anyway. I heard T.L. Osborne say this. If the devil can keep you on your knees praying over the harvest, he'll keep you out of the harvest. Well, we, we pray, but then we obey. Yes, right. we, have, we have personal harvest. We have corporate harvest and we have worldwide harvest. Isn't that amazing? God's involved us in all of it. Wow. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. If you need healing in your body, stand up right now. If you need healing in your body, if that's you, just stand up. Just stand up. And I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to take your mind and I want you to think about how much God loves you and how He allowed His Son to suffer such a a brutal beating so that you might be healed. And based on that truth, Isaiah 53, based on that truth, receive His love tonight, Father, right now, that which is already ours, that which belongs to us, In manifestation, Lord. In manifestation, Lord. In our bodies, our joints and our bones, in our sinuses, in our eyes and ears and nose and throat. Every part of our body and being, we receive your healing power. Not given, not given as a reward. For obedience, but released as part of our identity. Not something we earn, but something we are, the healed of God. We are the healed of God. We speak to every symptom. We use our authority. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. And we remind you of the price paid for our healing. We believe we receive In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now just lift your hands and worship God. Such a sweet presence in here. Such a sweet presence in here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love, a sound mind. I bind the spirit of fear. Panic, fear, you do not control our lives. Manipulation, the control of the devil, the world, of the flesh. No, Father, we live under the restraint of your hand. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. That's for somebody. Somebody, fear has been tormenting your mind. Just lift your hands and receive from God. Fear has been tormenting your mind. Fear is a lying spirit. I break it off of you. Now keep it off yourself. Quit exposing yourself. Yes, I, I hear that, Lord. To reports of fear. Quit exposing yourself to reports of doubt and unbelief. Expose yourself to the living Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I see that. Thank you, Father, for the knowledge of your will in all spiritual understanding that we might walk worthy of you, Lord, be fruitful in every good work, and increase in the knowledge of God. Now, Lord, those that have decisions in front of them, decisions to make, we ask that that spirit that abides and empowers would be the guide on the inside. That the peace of God, Lord, you said we'd go out with peace. We'd go out with peace. So we follow peace. And we move forward. And if our peace is interrupted, we stop. And we seek you, Lord. And we seek you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So anyone tonight, if you're struggling with a decision, receive that in Jesus' name and recognize He is your guide on the inside and He will lead you in a path of peace. Sometimes you move forward and then all of a sudden the peace is not there. So you stop and you pray. And you think, well, maybe I need to go a little to the right, and the peace is there. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. And then you say, well, I need to pray again. And then the peace says, move a little back to your left. And God just avoided a major catastrophe in your life as you keep moving down your path of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Make the right decisions. Make the right decisions. Hear from the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good. I said, that's good. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know about you, but I feel better than I did. And I felt pretty good before then. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You love the Lord? Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Everybody saved. Wave your hand if you're saved. Glory to God. Let's look around, make sure everybody's saved. Glory to God. Amen. That looks like everybody. Hallelujah. Roy saved? Yeah, okay. Praise God. You can't ever tell. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, we leave thanking you for your protection, your safety, your blessing. Psalms 91, as is our tradition no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. Thank you, angels. Servants of servants of God given to those who are heirs of salvation. That's us. We're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. In our travels, in the righteous labor of our hands, in our lives, where we go, what we do. Thank you for your hand of protection and safety. Stir this in our hearts, Lord. Let us awaken to the hour in which we live. The perilous times broken hearts, the fear that's so rampant. Let the light that is in us shine brightly. Let the life that is in us permeate the darkness as light always overcomes darkness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that there will be answers to people's prayers, problems to our adversary, a miracle in the lives of people. Fathers, we leave tonight, we leave walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, covered by the blood, powered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.